Welcome to Sinsomnia, a show where I tell you stories in a really boring voice to help you fall asleep. For tonight's stories, the source will be The Brothers Grimm. These stories you may have seen before through Disney movies or have heard, but they include stories like The Frog Prince, Rapunzel, Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Snow White, and some more. We're going to go over these stories instead, so you hear the source material straight from the brothers. The first story is The Frog Prince, or otherwise known as The Frog King, or Iron Henry. So it starts off with a king in olden times, and he had some beautiful daughters, but his youngest was the most beautiful. It's even said that The sun was so astonished by her beauty that it would love to see her just to shine its rays upon her face. Now, close to the kingdom, or the castle, there is a very, very dark forest. And one time, the princess sat next to a well in the dark forest, and there she found a golden ball, and it became her favorite toy. She absolutely loved it. So... Routinely, she would throw the ball into the air, catch it, and do it again on repeat. One day, she threw the ball a little too high, and instead of catching it in her hands, the ball fell into the well that she was sitting next to. And the well was very, very deep and very, very dark. And the little girl couldn't see the ball anymore, so she cried and she cried and she cried. Then a frog popped out and said, what's the problem? Why are you crying so much? And she said, I lost this ball. And the frog said, I can help you with that. I can go get the ball for you, but I will need something. And the girl said, you can have whatever you want. You can have my clothes, my pearls, my jewels, even the crown that I'm wearing. And the frog said, I don't want any of those. What I do want is I do want you to do something for me. I want you to let me be your companion. What that means is, I want you to take me home. I want to sit on your shoulder as you eat, and I want to be fed well too. And I want to sleep in the same bed with you and have a good night's sleep for the rest of my life. And the girl said, oh yes, I promise I'll do that. So, the frog jumps into the well and he retrieves the ball. And as he's coming out, he spits the ball out of his mouth. The little girl takes it, and she runs away fast, so fast that she can't hear the frog calling after her, saying, Princess, what are you doing? You have to take me back. But she runs home, and she forgets about the frog. She's eating dinner, filling her belly, and completely forgets about the promise she had made. Just then, There's a knock at the door, a loud knock, and it says, Princess, open the door for me. So the king says, what is this? And he opens the door. The princess tries to advise against him doing so, but he says, someone's calling out for you, so we need to figure out what's going on. And it's a frog. And everyone's confused. And the frog says, young princess, you forgot me. Remember, you gave me a promise. If I were to save that ball for you, you told me I 
could be your companion. Now, the king looks at the princess and says, is this true? And the princess says, yes, but I didn't mean it. I don't want it anymore. And the king says, well, you made a promise, so you have to keep it. You have to honor your promises. So the frog then jumps on the princess's shoulder and begins to eat her food. The princess hates it. And she tells her dad she doesn't want this anymore. But he says, too bad, you made a promise. So at night, they go to bed. And the frog says, princess, princess, lift me up onto your bed, for I want a good night's sleep in, in silken sheets, and I want a good comfort rest. The princess hates it. When the frog is in the bed, the princess grabs the frog, and she whips him to the wall. And just then, a prince pops out, and it's a young boy, also blonde hair. And he says, I was actually a prince the entire time, but I was cursed to become a frog. And apparently getting whipped that hard against the wall was secure for him to not be a frog anymore. So the princess is enamored by him. And they eventually get married. Now, word travels that there's a young prince that has been missing for a very long time. And his faithful servant, Henry, is so overwhelmed that the prince has been found again that he rushes to go get him. And it turns out that what happened is that Henry, he was so sad that his prince had been turned into a frog that he had metal bands placed around his heart to stop his heart from exploding from so much grief. So, as Henry is driving, prince and his new princess in their carriage the prince hears some metal break and says Henry I think we just broke the carriage and Henry says no my lord that's just the metal band around my heart and as they continue going the other bands crack and the noise of them goes but it was because Henry was so happy that his prince had been set free from this wicked curse and that's the story. What you'll realize from most of these grim fairy tales is the endings are kind of lackluster sometimes, but it's still what we use as source material to make our movies and whatnot. As you can see, there's no true love's kiss, none of that. Even these kids are little, little kids, but we'll continue going. This next story is a very famous long-haired maiden. Her name, Rapunzel. So it starts off with a man and a woman who desperately want a child. And up outside of their window, they can see this garden. A very deep garden with high walls in it. Now the woman is pregnant, actually. They finally got their child. And the woman is so hungry, and she sees that this garden that belongs to a witch slash an enchantress has this herb or this flower called a rampion which people will eat in their salads so she tells her husband she really 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 wants it and so at night he's very scared because he knows that this garden belongs to this witch but he climbs in and he takes this rampion flower so that the wife can eat it in her salad 
The wife eats it, and she loves it. The next day, she's three times more desiring the same plant, the same root of the rampion to eat into her salad. So she tells her husband, she says, I want it even badlier. I want it more. I want it now. So he does the same thing. In the dead of night, he goes and he steals this rampion flower, but he's caught by the witch. And the witch says, what are you doing here? You dare steal from me. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. My wife, she really wants this, and I love her so much that I would rather die than not give her what she wants. And she's pregnant. And the witch softens up. Says, interesting. All right, I'll make a deal with you. Take as much ramping as you want. Take it and give it to her to eat. But what I want is I want your child. I will promise you I will raise her. I will raise it nice and I will give it a lot of love and support. So out of terror, the husband agrees. He brings back the rampion and he brings his daughter, this new baby girl, to the witch in exchange. And that's the last we actually see of the parents. They're pretty terrible. All for some food. So the witch raises Rapunzel and she really does treat her very, very well. However, when Rapunzel is about 12 years old, the witch shows her true colors and she locks Rapunzel in a tower that has no stairs. There's only one way to get in. It's through the top, top, top window. Now, over time, the witch will say to Rapunzel, 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 let down your long hair. And that would be the code for Rapunzel to let her growing hair that has grown over the years down out the window for the witch to climb. So the witch would grasp it, put her feet onto the knots in the wall, and climb up the tower to see Rapunzel. Now, a year or two come to pass, and Rapunzel's grown older, but her hair has also grown much, much, much longer. And a prince happens to be wandering the forest. And there he sees the old witch. And behind the trees, he sees her say, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your long hair. And he notices this hair falls out. And he doesn't go and do anything. He just watches and waits. And he sees the witch climb up. And he doesn't know what happens. And eventually the witch leaves. And this would all happen in the daytime. So he monitors it for the next day. And while he's waiting for the witch to appear, he hears beautiful singing. And he's so enamored by this voice, by this singing. So he says, I have to meet this woman. So at night, he goes to the tower and he says, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your long hair. And she does. And he climbs up to the tower. And when she sees him, she's very startled at first to see a man who she's never seen before ever in her life. And he says, I've been listening to your singing. And he tells her all these sweet words, and he says that he wants to run away with her and to marry her. And she agrees because she wants out of this tower, since so she hasn't seen or done anything. So, they continue seeing each other at night. 
but Rapunzel's really dumb. And one day, the witch says, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your long hair. And she lets down her hair, and the witch climbs up. And as she gets to the top, Rapunzel says, you're much heavier than the prince. She goes, what did you say? And Rapunzel says, I'm sorry, I mean the prince that I see at night. She goes, you have betrayed me after I've treated you so well. So, here's where it gets gruesome. What the witch does is she takes some scissors and she cuts off Rapunzel's hair. Then, she transports Rapunzel to a desert to live alone and by herself. At night, the prince says, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your long hair. And the witch lets down this fake long hair. So, as the prince climbs up, the witch reveals herself at the window, and she says, It's like the cat has caught the bird, and there she thrusts the prince off of the window, and he lands into a bush of thorns, blinding him. His eyes are tainted with pain, and he can't see. So, he spends years wandering, trying to find his way home, but he gets to a point where he can hear Rapunzel singing, and he can't believe it. So he follows that, and he gets to her, and she, he finds her in the desert, along with twins that she has born, which means the prince and Rapunzel were getting a lesson in anatomy very, very early in a tower. Anyway, he finds Rapunzel, and she finds him, and she's so happy to see him that when she embraces him, she cries, and the tears fall into his eyes, enabling him to see again. And with that, the prince is able to take her and their kids home to his kingdom for them to live happily ever after. But not really. The third story that we have to share is of Hansel and Gretel. Now, how it starts is like all these stories, there's a forest. And in this forest, there's a poor, poor woodcutter with his wife and his two children. Now, sadly, his wife passed away a long time ago, but he remarried and he has a new wife and the children have their new stepmother. Now, there are times there's a famine that's been ravaging their land and it's very, very hard for them to eat. So the new wife, she says, we can barely feed ourselves, a lot, let alone these two children. I think we need to let them go. And the woodcutter says, no, I can't do that. I can't leave my children. She says, we'll do this. We'll bring them to the forest. We'll set a fire for them to be nice and warm and we will leave them there with a little bit of food and then hopefully some animals will come get them it'll be nice and painless which is a stupid idea so the children though happen to be awake and they hear this plan and so what Hansel does is he has an idea that night he gathers a bunch of white pebbles and he puts them in his pocket. Now, as they walk to the forest deeper to set up this fire, 
he's dropping these white pebbles around. And his stepmother says, Hansel, what are you doing? What are you looking back all the time at? He goes, oh, I'm looking for my cat that we left at home. She goes, you're such a dummy. You don't have a cat. So they eventually get to the spot that's so deep in the forest that the parents think Hansel and Gretel will not be able to find their way back. And they give Hansel and Gretel two small loaves of bread. And they wait for the kids to knock out. And then the parents make their way back home. Now, when the kids awake, they have no clue how to get back home. And Hansel says, well, I've laid down these rocks. And Gretel says, but how can we even see them? It's so dark out. And he says, just wait a little bit. And then the full moon appears. And its light radiates the white stones that Hansel had been laying down on the ground this entire time. So they follow the trail back at night all the way to their house. When they arrive, they knock on the door. And the stepmother is so angry that they somehow found their way back. The father, though, is overjoyed that his kids are with him again. And he embraced them strongly. Now, time goes by and another famine occurs. And again, the same thing happens. The stepmother says, we can barely feed ourselves. We need to get rid of these kids. The father begrudgingly agrees, and they set the kids into the forest again. But this time, they didn't have enough time for the kids to grab white stones. So Hansel and Gretel take their pieces of bread, and they let a trail of crumbs as they walk to a new spot in the forest to get lost. Again, the parents put them to sleep. And when they awake, the parents are gone. However, during this time, the birds have eaten all of the crumbs. So now Hansel has no clue how to get back. So Hansel and Gretel aimlessly wander throughout the forest, not knowing where they're going. And they eventually find a house that is made of cakes for the roof and breads for the wall and a bunch of things. And Hansel and Gretel, by the way, have been roaming for like three days. They're super hungry. So they just start eating the house. There, a witch comes out. And she goes, what are you two doing? Why are you eating my house? And Hansel and Gretel say, we're so sorry. We've been lost for days and we're so hungry. We saw your house and we just had to eat. So the witch looks at them and measures them and realizes that they are pretty plump and I guess she's a cannibal so she says come in come in come in now what she does when they get in she throws Hansel into a cage to fatten him up and she chains Gretel to be her servant so she's ordering Gretel around but at the same time the witch has a weakness her vision her vision is terrible. In fact, it's said that she has red eyes and she can barely see what's in front of her. So, one time, Hansel takes a chicken bone and he keeps that in his cell. 
So when the witch feeds him, what she'll do is she'll say, stretch out your finger. And she touches the chicken bone. But she thinks it's Hansel's finger. And she goes, oh man, I'm feeding you so much, but you're so skinny still. When are you going to fatten up? So Hansel's able to save time, but he still can't get out. So then the witch says to Gretel, well, Gretel, you're really skinny, but you know what? I'm pretty hungry, so I'm going to do something with you. So she says, Gretel, start the fire in the oven. Now Gretel picks up on some of that insight that Hansel has. And she says, but I don't know how to start the fire. And the witch says, you got to get into the oven and turn it on. She goes, show me. So the witch climbs into her oven. Gretel shoves her in there, closes the door, and turns on the fire. The witch is writhing in pain eventually dies. Now, what happens is that Gretel opens the cage for Hansel, and they both run out of there, but they're overjoyed to be with each other. So eventually, they run out of the house, and they are still lost, though, and they come across a river. They have no way to cross it. Just then, a duck comes to them and says, are you Hansel and Gretel? If you are, climb on my back and I'll transport you across. At first, Gretel is very scared that she'll be too heavy and the duck will sink, but the duck assures her. So she climbs on its back, and the duck brings them as close to a can for where their house is. And there, they rush in. They rush in and they find their father, and he's overjoyed to see them. The stepmother passed away a while ago. So it's just the three of them. And there the father experiences perfect happiness and says he will never, ever, ever let them out of his sight ever again. This next story is a very, very famous one, popularized by Disney. This one is of Cinderella. So it starts off with a wife. It is a wife of a rich man. Not a king, but a rich man. And the wife is sick, and she's actually dying. So she calls her only daughter to her bedside, and she says, Be good, and be holy, and I will look down upon you from heaven. Now, after she's buried, her daughter goes to her grave, all the time and she sits there and she just cries now the husband or the rich man eventually remarries and the woman that he marries has two daughters that are also very beautiful and fair and he brings them into his house and they're pretty nasty to Cinderella. They actually make her do a bunch of chores and clean out the ashes. And because of all the cinder that she's exposed to, they give her the name Cinderella. That's actually not her name. But she goes along with it and she is just miserable. She wears wooden shoes. She wears dirty clothes, 
and she waits on her sisters and, again, her stepmother. While they have very pretty clothes and jewelry and everything. One day, her father says, I'm going into town and I'll bring you back whatever you want to the three girls. One sister says, bring me back a beautiful dress. So he takes note of that. A second daughter says, bring me back jewelry. And he takes note. And with Cinderella, she says, when you're on your horse and there's a branch that hits your hat, bring me that branch. So when he comes back, he delivers all the goods they asked for. For one daughter, it's a beautiful dress. For another, it's a set of pearls. And for Cinderella, it's the branch that touched his hat, the first one. Now, she takes that branch, or that twig actually, and she plants it into the ground by the grave of her mother. And she cries on it to water the twig. And from there sprouts a new tree. So, for time and time again, Cinderella waters that tree with her tears as she sits under it, as she sits next to the grave of her mother. Now, it so happened that there was a king, and he appointed a festival to have for his son. The festival would be three days long. And the whole point of this festival was for the prince to find a bride to marry. So the two stepsisters are so excited, and they are very frantic about what to wear and how to present themselves and everything. So they call Cinderella, and they say, help us take out your dirty clothes and come fix our clothes. Wash them, clean them, tie everything for us, cook for us, do everything. They do it much more than they are already so demanding. So Cinderella asks if she can go, and the stepmother says, no, there's no way you can go. Now, I forgot to mention this. What they also do that's pretty terrible is to feed Cinderella. They actually throw her food into the ashes. So the stepmother says, fine, you can go. I have a dish of lentils, and I threw it into the ashes for you to clean out. If you can pick all the lentils out of the ashes... In two hours, you can come. Now, above the tree where Cinderella has her mother's grave, there sat a bird, a bird that would listen to Cinderella and would try to do anything for her. So Cinderella calls out and she says, pigeons and turtle doves and birds, come help me. So all the birds rush to her. They help Cinderella by picking the lentils out quickly and putting the ashes, leaving the ashes where they are, and putting the lentils into a pot. So Cinderella presents the pot to her stepmother and says, Look, I did it. Now can I go? And the stepmother says, There's no way you can go. But the stepmother is so surprised Cinderella's able to do it. So she says, You don't have any clothes. You don't have any shoes. There's no way. But you know what? If you could do it again two dishes of lentils and the ashes in one hour, then you can come. So 
Cinderella calls on the birds again with the stepmother not realizing it. They're able to finish it very quickly. The stepmother is confounded. She's wondering, how does she do this? But she makes excuses. She goes, no, there's no way. You don't have anything. We're already late. We have to go. So the stepmother and the stepdaughters leave without Cinderella. So Cinderella's pretty sad. She went through all this work, and yet she's not going. So she sits by the grave of her mother in the tree, and she says, Shiver and quiver, little tree, silver and gold throw down over me. So that bird that listens to her finds a dress that's silver and gold and drops it onto the grave. So then Cinderella wears it. And with the dress, there are shoes and everything. She puts everything on and she rushes to the ball. Now, when she gets to the ball, there's the prince. He immediately sees Cinderella and wants to dance with nobody else, just her. He is so enamored by her and he dances, he dances with no one else for the rest of the night. But then, when he says, so who are you here with? She runs away. And he tries to chase after her, but he loses her. I think he eventually sees that she runs into her Whitby house after chasing her, but he still can't find her. So the next day is the second day of the festival. And it happens again. She asks for the dress. The bird delivers it. The golden shoes, not the glass slippers. She puts it all on and she goes. Again, the prince immediately sees her and only dances with her while everyone else is just watching. The stepmother and stepsisters can't even believe that this is Cinderella because they've never seen her look non-dirty. So they do it again. They dance and he says, well, who are you here with? I want to know. She leaves and there she runs and she climbs up a pear tree. And as she climbs up the tree, the prince runs after her and he calls his dad to go help. So they get an ax and they try to cut down the tree. But by the time they cut it down, she's gone and they have no clue where she is. So the third time it happens all over, but the prince is wise now. So what he does is he coats the staircase with like a glue now. When he asks Cinderella, who are you here with? And she runs away. She runs, but the glue catches her left golden slipper. So he's able to collect that. And she runs away from him and he can't see her anymore. So the prince does some thinking and he says, well, I know she's in that house. I know she has a slipper, but I can't seem to find her. So I'm going to do a test. And he brings the golden slipper out and he says, there's a woman in here who has this slipper and I'm looking for her. Only her that can fit into the slipper must be the woman that I'm in love with. And so the mother tries on the shoe first and it doesn't fit. She tells her daughters, hey, cut off your toe to the first one. She goes, if you're taken up as the princess, you won't even need to walk anymore. So the first daughter cuts off her toe. She fits on the shoe, 
but as the prince is walking with her, the birds that had helped Cinderella out point out to him, there's a lot of blood coming from that shoe. There's a stream of blood, actually. The prince notices and says, you cannot be her because it's causing you to bleed. So they go to the second daughter. This time the mother says, quick, cut off your heel. In your prince, when you're a princess, you won't even need to walk anymore. So just do it now. So she does it. Same thing. A lot of blood. And the birds notify him that there's a lot of blood. So the prince is pretty frustrated. He says, surely there must be another person here. And the stepmother says, well, there's one person, but it can't be her. She's way too dirty. You've never even seen her. And the prince insists on seeing this woman. So Cinderella comes out. She washes her face and her hands. She sits on a stump. And as the prince puts the shoe on like a glove, he looks at her face and knows that this is the woman he had been dancing with for the past three days. So everyone is astonished. And the prince proposes to her. Now, at the wedding, what happens is as the mother and the stepdaughters are walking up the aisle to go for the wedding, birds, those same birds, peck out their left eyes of the women. And as the women turn around and run back, the same birds peck out their right eyes. So Cinderella and her prince are happy, and the women are left blinded for life from having their eyeballs eaten out by birds. And that's the story of Cinderella. The next story on our list is of Little Red Riding Hood, but the story is actually called Little Red Cap. Now, there was a little girl who was loved by everyone, especially her grandmother. Her grandmother adored her and would do anything for her. Now, over time, her grandmother became sick, and her grandmother gave her a gift, a little red cap or a red riding hood, whatever you want to think about. But she loved it so much that she wore it all the time, and that's why she was called Little Red Cap or Little Red Riding Hood. Now, her mother said, Hey, your grandmother's sick, and I made some food. Bring this food and this wine to her. Now, stay on the path. Do not go into the woods. Do not go deep into the forest. Just stay on the path. As Little Red Riding Hood sets off to go deliver these goods to her grandmother, a wolf notices her. And this wolf is predatory and says, Hi, what's going on? You look great. And Little Red Riding Hood says, Well, thank you. And the wolf said, Where are you going so early? And she says, I'm going to my grandmother's house. And the wolf inquires further, Where's your grandmother? Says, So she's about a quarter of the mile down. She's underneath those three oak trees. You can't miss it. The wolf says, Interesting. Yeah, what are you bringing to her? And Little Red Riding Hood says, Well, I have cake and I have wine, so I'm going to bring that to her. Now the wolf looks at Little Red Riding Hood and thinks, Wow, she is very juicy. She looks great. I'm going to try to eat her. So he says, I have an idea for you. Why don't you go pick some flowers for your grandmother? 
and Little Red Riding Hood thinks to herself, that's a great idea. So she looks for flowers, and as she sees one, she gets off the path, and she grabs the flower. But then she sees another one that's even better, and she goes further down the forest to pick that flower, and so on and so on and so on, until she's off the path. So in the meantime, the wolf runs to the grandmother's house. He knocks on the door, and he says, this is Little Red Riding Hood, and I have some cake and wine for you. The grandma says, well, just lift the latch and come in. So as the wolf lifts the latch, he instantly turns toward the grandmother and devours her in one bite. In the meantime, Little Red Riding Hood has just collected a bunch of flowers to now bring to her grandmother. She gets to the house and she says, Grandma, I'm here. And the wolf, disguised as the grandmother, is hiding behind a blanket wearing her clothing so he says come in come in and as little red riding hood comes in she goes grandma you look different you have such big eyes and the wolf says well it's the better to see you you have such large hands and the wolf says it's better to, to give you hugs and then she says you have such a large mouth though and he says the better to eat you or that, he devours Little Red Riding Hood in one gulp as well. Now, as the wolf is sound asleep with a full belly, he's snoring very, very loudly. And outside is a hunter or huntsman. And the huntsman hears the snoring that's so loud and he goes, That doesn't sound like the grandmother lives here. Let me go make sure she's okay. So he opens the door and in the bed he sees the wolf. And he's ready to shoot it, but he thinks, no, the grandma's missing. Maybe the wolf ate her. I can't just shoot the wolf or the grandma might die too. So he gets a pair of scissors and he makes a deep cut into the wolf's belly. And there he sees Little Red Riding Hood. So he makes two more cuts and he pulls Little Red Riding Hood and her grandmother out of the wolf's belly. Little Red Riding Hood is so scared. She said it was so dark in there. We couldn't see anything. So what the huntsman does is he grabs some rocks and he fills the wolf's belly with these rocks too. So when the wolf awakens, which I don't know why he wouldn't after being cut open with a pair of scissors, but when the wolf awakens, he tries to run away, but the stones are so heavy that the wolf dies and can't run away anymore so now little red riding hood has learned her lesson but later it happens again another wolf approaches her on the road and she just keeps on the path but the wolf still pursues her so as little red riding hood gets inside her grandma's house she tells her grandmother that there's another wolf after her so the grandmother devises a plan and she says, okay, I want you to go grab those freshly cooked sausages and put them in a bucket. I want you to hang it outside right over the riverbank. So the wolf now is on the roof of the house. The Red Riding Hood puts the bucket outside and the wolf smells it and leans forward more and more and more until the wolf falls off the roof and into the river drowning. 
And there, Little Red Riding Hood went home joyously without ever being attacked by any wolves. This next story is another famous princess. It's Little Snow White. Now, it starts off in the winter when snow is falling. And there's a queen. And the queen is beautiful. And she wishes that she had a daughter that had skin as white as snow, lips as red as blood, and hair as black as ebony. And sure enough, she gets her wish granted, and she has a daughter who she calls Snow White based off of her wish. However, the queen passes away with the birth of Snow White. And the king, a year later, remarries another very beautiful queen. But this queen is obsessed with being beautiful. And she has a mirror on her, a handheld mirror, and she will pick it up and she'll say what you would know. She would say, mirror, mirror, tell me who's the fairest one. And for the longest time, the mirror would say, it's you, there's no one else. But one day when Snow White is only seven years old, that's who she's jealous of, a seven-year-old child, the mirror says, actually, Snow White is fairer than you are, and the queen is pissed. So she hires a huntsman to say, and she tells the huntsman, I want you to go kill Snow White. And at first the huntsman is about to do it, but when he looks at Snow White, he can't do it. She's a little girl, and she's so fair. So he tells her that the queen is trying to kill her, and he tells her to run away. And as she runs away, a wild boar chases after the huntsman, and the huntsman kills the boar and takes its heart out. And he presents that heart to the queen as the heart of Snow White. Now the huntsman believes that some wild animals will kill Snow White, and everything will be fine. No animal hurts her at all. The queen, in the meantime, she orders the heart to be salted and cooked, and she eats it, thinking it is the heart of a seven-year-old girl who is prettier than her. So, Snow White eventually finds a cottage in the woods, and in the cottage there are seven little beds, seven little chairs, that type of thing. And... She's so tired, so she eats a little bit, and she falls asleep in one of the beds. Now the seven dwarves come by, and they look around and they notice, hey, our food's been eaten, and our beds have been rifled with, and they see Snow White in one of their beds. But they look upon her and they think, wow, she's so fair and she looks so peaceful, we're going to let her sleep. When she awakens, she's very frightened by these seven dwarves, but they assure her that everything's fine and they're going to take care of her. So they say, if you cook and you clean for us, you could stay here for as long as you want. So she agrees and she lays to it. Now later in time, the queen has completely forgotten about Snow White. She thinks there's no reason to even check in, but she picks up her mirror once more, and she says, Mirror, mirror, who's the fairest? And it says, well, you were, but Snow White is still out there. And she is pissed. She cannot believe it. 
She knows her huntsman lied to her, so she devises a plan. She puts on makeup, and she dresses as an old woman, and she hobbles along to where Snow White is staying, and she says, I have trinkets for sale, things for sale very cheap. Snow White looks out, and she says, oh, what are you selling? She says, well, I have these laces, which is like a corset. I have these laces, and I'm selling them. Snow White says, okay, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a look. And so the queen, or the witch now, or it's actually a queen, she puts the corset onto Snow White, and she ties it so tight that Snow White can't breathe anymore. So she falls to the floor, and the queen runs back home, certain that Snow White is dead. When the dwarves come back, they're in shock, and they think Snow White is dead. So they undo her corset, but Snow White is able to breathe again, and they're so grateful she's awake. So she tells them about the witch, and they say, don't let anyone else in anymore. You don't trust them, you don't know who they are. Sure enough, the queen asks her mirror who's the fairest, and it says that Snow White is still, and she cannot believe it. So she does it again, but a different old lady. This time, she says she's selling combs, and she goes to Snow White, and Snow White says, well, I can't let you in because it might be dangerous. So the queen says, well, I'll just brush your hair from here. Now the comb is filled with poison, and as she brushes her combs, Snow White's hair, Snow White again falls dead. But the queen runs away. The dwarfs come back eventually, they find her, and they wash her, they scrub her dead body, and sure enough, it revives Snow White, because her hair is washed. The queen asks her mare who's the fairest, and the mare says Snow White is still, and the queen cannot believe it. So her last attempt, she dresses as a country woman, not a witch, and she brings an apple as poisonous, but it looks so delicious. She goes outside of Snow White's house again, and Snow White is tempted by this apple, but she is untrustworthy. So the witch says, or the old country woman says, how about we do this? I'll cut the apple in half, and you can have this half, and I'll take this half. Snow White agrees, and as she sees the witch bite into it, or the country woman bite into the apple, she believes it. So she takes her bite. But the countrywoman was very smart. She had purposely poisoned only half the apple, so that way she can use this trick by eating the other half safely. So as Snow White eats the other half of the poisonous apple, she falls dead. This time, the dwarves rush back, and they can't do anything. They can't revive her. And they think that she's too beautiful to be buried into the ground. So they make a glass coffin for her. Now seasons change and a prince comes by and he's heard about the woman in the glass coffin. So he goes to see and he finds it and he asks the dwarves to have this as his property. And they don't agree to it at first, but he says, I will make sure she's taken care of and I really love her. 
And for some reason, the dwarves agreed to it, and they let him take their Snow White in a glass coffin. So as his men are holding the coffin, they trip over a branch or root in the ground, and the bump actually causes a piece of apple that had been lodged in Snow White's throat to come out. And there she's able to breathe again. And she sees her prince, and her prince falls in love with her even though they've never spoken a word to each other. So he professes his love, and all the dwarves are happy. Eventually the queen again asks her mirror, who's the fairest, and it still says Snow White, and she cannot believe it. So the prince brings Snow White home to his kingdom, and it's announced that they're married. Now the queen, again this is of a separate kingdom, the queen comes to their wedding, but everyone's waiting for her. So what they do is they take iron shoes that have been forged in fire that are scalding hot, and they make her wear them. They make her wear these shoes and dance in front of them until she falls dead. And with that, Snow White is left alone by the vain and jealous queen. The last story on our list is the very famous Rumpelstiltskin. Now, how it starts is there's a miller who is very poor, but he's trying to impress a king. So he tells the king that his daughter is very talented and that she can turn straw into gold. The king is fascinated by this. So he says to the miller to bring his daughter to him. The next day the miller does, and the king takes her and locks her in a room with a bunch of straw and a spindle. And he says, you're not getting out until you can turn the straw into gold. So he closes the door. Next thing is that this girl is crying. She has no clue how to even do this or why her dad would even say this. So she's crying and crying. And this creature appears, and this creature says, why are you crying? And she says, I'm supposed to turn this straw into gold, and I have no clue how to do it. And the creature says, I can do it for you, but what are you going to give me? And she says, well, I'll give you my necklace. And the creature says, okay, deal. Let's do it. And so sure enough, he spins the straw into gold. The next day, the king comes by and he realizes that she actually kept her word. He's fascinated. So he does it again. He locks her in again with more straw and says, now turn this into gold. And again, the girl is crying. She has no clue what to do. So the creature comes back and says, well, I could do the skin for you, but what are you going to give me? She says, how about my ring? The creature says, okay, I'll do it for you and spins the gold from the straw. Now the king is very interested and he thinks, well, you know what? Maybe I should marry this girl because even if she's a miller's daughter, who else can spin straw into gold? So he proposes to her and he says, last one, if you could spin all of this straw into gold, I will marry you. You're never in the dungeon again. You can have whatever you want. So she agrees, 
and she does it while she has no choice. So she starts spinning, and she can't do anything. Again, the creature comes by and says, well, what are you going to give me? You don't have any jewelry anymore. She says, I know, I don't have anything. And he says, how about you give me your firstborn child? And she says, all right, deal. Sure enough, he spins it. King notices, marries her. Time goes by. A year later, she has a son, her firstborn child. And she completely forgets about this creature. Now the creature comes back and says, Hey, you owe me this child. You told me I would get it if I spun your gold. And she goes, Oh my gosh. Okay, well, what? Let's do another wager. What else can we do? And he said, I don't want anything else. She, but he says, How about we play a game? If you can guess my name within three days, I will forfeit your child and you can keep him. Just deal. So the next day, the creature comes back, and this woman, she is listing a bunch of names, and none of them work. The second day, same thing, but now she's moved over to really odd names, foods and whatnot. Doesn't work, and she is freaking out. Now, an old man comes to her and says, you know, I was in the woods, deep, 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 and I saw a cabin. And in the cabin, there's this old creature that was kind of prancing and singing and saying, like, tomorrow I'm going to get this child because this woman's never going to find out that my name is Rumpelstiltskin. So now the, the queen knows. Sure enough, the creature comes back for the third day, and he has a smile on his face, ready to take this child, to take this boy. He's ready to pay the troll toll to get this boy's soul and whole. Anyway, the queen says, your name is Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin is so taken aback, and he says, he shouts, the devil must have told you this. How did you know this? And he's so angry that he stomps his left foot so far into the ground that it's stuck. When he tries to pull himself out, he pops into two pieces, and that's the end of it. So that concludes our grim fairy tale episode for Sinsomnia. Hopefully you've fallen asleep and you've realized that the Grimm brothers were really screwed up.